Well, thank you both for coming. This is another Defender podcast where we're trying to focus on Money Smart Week. And we will hope to have a few of the major issues addressing the African-American community be answered today and have a robust conversation. I'm Lee Edwards. And begin with, ladies, may you introduce yourselves? Uh, Joyce Douglas, uh, real estate appraiser with Douglas Valuation and Review. Good morning. I'm Tiffany Allen. I'm a financial professional with Prudential Insurance. Can you both tell us a little bit about what you do and how it impacts financial institutions? Well, um, I'm a residential real estate appraiser. I've been appraising around the Chicago land and suburban area for 24 years. Um, My impact on banks would be coming up with value uh, for properties, uh, for loans, and um, other situations regarding uh, real estate. And you, ma'am? And my main focus is making sure that my clients are financially prepared uh, in the areas of life insurance, financial planning, um, making sure that they are prepared in this time of pension uncertainty, um, just making sure that they do have all their investments um, prepared for when they retire. So just really making sure that they're not a burden um, on their families, um, you know, once they retire or if they should pass. And to begin with, we can start where you first ended. Can you tell us a little bit about how pensions impact financial institutions as well as families throughout the Chicagoland area? Well, I, you know, in my opinion, when you really think about, um, you know, where we are today, you know, my mom is retired and she receives a full pension. Pensions have really um, gone away. And what I encourage people to think about, if you're saving in a 401k, that's just not going to be enough. If you're banking on retiring on Social Security, that's just not going to be enough. So it's really imperative that people take a step back, really look at their financial situation and, and prepare. My biggest fear is that, you know, there will be people who will work forever. And what we know as retirement today will no longer exist for the next generation. And you, ma'am, when it comes to the aspect of real estate, how does economic wealth reside in the home? Why is home ownership so impactful for the African-American community? Well, um, owning a home um, is, um, I would say, um, your start to financial wealth. Um, it's It's been... How could I say? Let me back up. Um, Owning property uh, is a better way to say it because, um, you know, um, it could provide retirement income for you uh, down the road. It could provide uh, something to pass down to your family. Um, In in our communities, we don't save a lot, you know, you have a job, you work from day to day, paycheck to paycheck, and you have nothing down the road to look forward to. I would say um, owning property is a great uh, investment uh, tool to provide for your family and to prepare for retirement and um, sometimes to give you financial freedom while you don't have to work a job every day and depend on it. 
Definitely. Now, you both touched on uh, working paycheck to paycheck and saving for the future. What are some ways or some smart tips people can lean on today to prepare for the future? I would say um, how you look on paper is very important. Um, Educating yourself about credit, uh, saving something, you know. I don't care how small it is, but saving something. Because how you look on paper is very important in making investments. Um, Also, your whole financial portfolio, your insurance, keeping it in force, um, just um, how you look on paper. When you walk into a bank and get a loan, they want to know all of these things, Uh, how much money you have in the bank, um, how long have you uh, been saving, um, are you insured, um, do you pay your bills on time. So how you look on paper is very important. And I would have to second that. And when you think about your financial plan, the the basis of that financial plan starts with life insurance. You want to make sure that you protect uh, your loved ones in the case of an untimely death. Um, and of course, paying those premiums is important. And when you review your entire plan, you want to make sure that you have all the things necessary, whether it's disability insurance, long-term care. Um, you want to make sure that you are saving a percentage of your income. Uh, whatever makes the most sense for for you. And we do a full review, I mean, if you were to sit down and talk to me, but maybe it's your first hour, maybe it's a percentage, um, but it's imperative that you put something up. Um, And, of course, you know, making sure that you are paying your bills on time because what you look like on paper is, is real. It's very, very important. So with that in mind, what would be the best ways to invest moving forward? You mentioned, <coughs> excuse me, you mentioned 401k may not be enough and your pension may not be enough. We've also heard of different options like stocks or a Roth IRA or even investing in things like Bitcoin. What are the best ways to begin your financial planning for the future? Well, I'm a big fan of the Roth IRA. Um, I think everyone should have a Roth IRA. It's a great vehicle that allows you to put away money. And, of course, when you take that money out in retirement, it is tax-free. So I'm a big fan of of the Roth IRA. However, investing is not cookie cutter. Um, It is, in my opinion, that each person is very different. And so really understanding what your goals are and working with a planner is really what's going to determine what's the best fit for you specifically. It's not cookie cutter. It really depends on what your long-term goals are. And speaking of that same notion of what your long-term goals are, how does planning for a home incorporate that? So should you start saving money for a home ownership immediately or should you look to rent? How can people begin the the process of home ownership? Uh, When you rent, uh, make sure you pay your rent on time because when you go to buy a home, that's the first thing they're going to want to look at. Because if you can pay your rent on time, you should be able to pay your mortgage on time. Um, and also, um, yes, save as much as you can. Um, but however, depending on your situation, your income levels, 
there's a lot of different things that you could utilize to help you come up with a down payment. Um, $100,000 house, uh, your down payment's probably going to be about nine grand. So, um, you know, um, of course, they have the, the laws with uh, FHA, whereas, um, you know, the seller can contribute a certain amount, not the whole amount. Um, but there's grants that can take care of your amount. Uh, depending on your situation. So don't bank on that. Always try to save, pay your bills on time, because the higher your credit score, the lower your interest rate. Now, there's a report I've seen recently. I'll give it to you right now. So according to a June 2015 report by Forbes, African-American women are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in the country. So with that in mind, how does entrepreneurship and having multiple streams of income set you up financially moving down the line? Well, um, essentially, um, you know, um, by African-American women, um, a lot of us are single and we have to have that additional income. Um, We have young children. Uh, and so uh, a lot of that, I think, gives us the drive to have our own business so we can work from home and uh, watch our children at the same time, you know. You ma'am? And I would just say that I think it's definitely important that you have some real-world corporate experience, but at the same time, if you have a passion, uh, fulfill that passion, and maybe you start doing that part-time, and then it does evolve into something bigger than that. So if your passion is, um, you know, home decorating, or maybe it is uh, you're a writer, I I just always say pursue your passion and find a way to get paid for it as well. Um, I think in today's, you know, economic climate, you really do need multiple streams of income. Um, You know, one stream is just not enough to to raise a, a family. So you definitely have to pursue other options. And there's many ways to do that. And I think it's definitely important. So with that in mind, how can you then invest in yourself to develop the skills you need moving forward? Because like you said, multiple streams of income are the best method of financial security. What are some of the tips and the ways people can plan safely instead of putting all the eggs in one basket for any financial move? Uh, I would just say if there's something that you have a passion for, read up on it. Um, make sure that you're investing in yourself as far as education and, and classes. Um, we live in an, an environment now where a lot of information is free. You have podcasts. You have Google. You have uh, YouTube. There's a lot of information that is given out to you for free. But I think it's important that you also um, you know, have some professional um Recognition. Maybe you're going to a class and, and you want to have some letters behind your name. You definitely want to make sure that you are putting yourself in a position to win and, and get as many certifications as possible in that field to set you aside from the next person. So invest in yourself. Invest in getting credentialized so people uh, respect you and understand that you do bring value. Definitely. And so with that in mind... One of the things I've seen as well as over time, we mentioned about the impact of having multiple streams of income as well as being a homeowner. But 
times have always changing or currently changing. For example, the baby boomers may have had a leg up, so to speak, over the millennials in terms of home ownership. What are some of the things that have changed over the last decade or so that change both financial stability and home ownership that people are unaware of? Well, um, job uncertainty, you know, um, baby boomers, you know, you had that job where you can retire and, uh, you know, you had a pension coming as she was talking about the pensions. And, um, and so now you don't have all of those uh, definite uh, streams of income coming in that you relied on. Um, changing uh, a lot of things, uh, opportunities, um, the education uh, requirements are higher. Um, the prices of everything is higher. So it's, it's very challenging now. And I would agree, it is definitely very challenging. However, um, times have changed, and so we have to learn how to change with the times. And I think that requires a lot of discipline. And um, I think that the baby boomers had a lot of discipline. They knew they needed insurance. They paid their bills. They stuck it out. They went through the hard times. And... You know, our newer generations, they don't have the discipline. We want everything right away. We don't want to spend the time and the discipline working on our goals. We, we live in this microwave society, and things don't happen overnight. And so even in terms of saving, it's a long-term destination. Um, and so what when you start saving, you may not seem like you're gaining any ground in a month or six months, but you continue saving for 12 months and look what you have. And so that's the same thing with education and getting credentialized and making sure that you're pouring into yourself. Um, so I think the biggest thing here is just reinventing yourself and, and being disciplined about what your goals are and achieving those goals. You mentioned uh, discipline as well. One of the things I've seen as well in a 2014 Pew Research report, the wealth of white households is at times 13 times the median wealth of black households in 2013. What would you say caused that disparity between medium household income? What is the the cost of that? What does it cost us in general? Or yes, um, it costs us years. I mean, I work with a lot of different clients, and when I work with our clients, we're just behind. Um, and I think it does come from the lack of discipline, and we haven't followed the um, the rules that our our mothers and our grandparents have put before us. They saved, they worked hard, they put in the time, and of course, they were disciplined around it. So it cost us time. It cost us opportunities. Um, because we're not putting in the work and discipline that we need to. So it's costing us, a lot of us, our future, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And with regards to, of course, home ownership, one of the aspects that stand out in Chicago is the gentrification of Chicago and how the different prices of different communities price people out. So with the idea of saving financial literacy in mind, how can people find a place that they want to call home that's also safe and able to provide for a family? How can those things coexist at the same time? Well, Chicago is a very beautiful city and it has a lot of beautiful properties. And I think, you know, uh, that uh, we should start at home, um, uh, start rebuilding our communities with uh, the pride of home ownership. And there is a lot of neighborhoods that 
have the pride of home ownership because if you drive around you see a lot of beautiful neighborhoods um, so um, we have to think about starting and repairing and restructuring our own communities through uh, investing in our communities um, and, and uh, some people they want to invest right where they've been and that's good um, but we need more people to do that and that's why the regenerative process is going on because it's like, well, when you buy a home, you want to flee the neighborhood, you know. And I can understand certain aspects where you wouldn't want to stay, but, you know, um, I think that we need to economically rebuild our neighborhoods and it'll, it'll be a better place to live for everybody. So that's the way I look at it. Moving on to college graduates, it appears as though that their goal is for education and moving forward that way. But uh, we've heard the jokes and the, st the stereotypes and also the real-life solutions of people who are struggling under the weight of college debt and how that can limit people from home ownership, from saving, from moving forward in their life. What will be some of the ways where people can manage real life issues of paying the bills and also college debt how are those impacts possible I definitely think that is something we should be concerned about <clears throat> but I also believe that you know when you take out student loans um, it's important to educate yourself it's important to start planning right away and again it starts at home as a I have young children so we're talking about college right now freshmen and in third grade we're talking about it we're talking about ways to get through college on an academic level just making sure that you're disciplined in your in your studies um, making sure that they understand college is important and um, just educating them on you know ways in which we as a family can pay for it so I think that also starts at home and just making sure you understand that is going to follow you and of course that those student loans need to be paid and paid on time. So one of the things I was thinking about when we had this idea for Money Smart Week is learning some of the basics, some of the ways where people can just learn the basic toolkit to preparing for a home or for financial literacy. So can you both give me a brief description of just the basic things people need to know and start doing immediately? You mentioned saving, but would mm -hmm. you put that saving in the bank or paying your bills on time? Would that be a direct deposit? Would that be automatic billing? What's some of the basic tools people need? Well, um, automatic billing can help you. Uh, as long as the money's there when they come and take it out. Um, but uh, educate yourself. Um, also, yes, the savings. Um, educate yourself about credit and how it works. You know, you can have a bunch of credit card debt, um, but you think because you're paying them on time every month that that's going to increase your score not unless it's under 30%. Your total credit cards um, are being reported. And you must keep that, that balance under 30% in order for your score to continue to improve. Uh, if you have stuff that's outstanding, fix it. Educate yourself. 
go onto these websites where you can look at your own credit and dispute your own credit. Um, you know, just just being knowledgeable of what's going on with your finances is very important. And I would say start with saving um in a savings account and having a cushion, a safety net, three to six months of income that can sustain you in the event that you are not working. In addition to that, also saving in your 401k. If you have access to a 401k and you're at the company that you work for has a match, definitely start saving in that so you can get that match. That's free money. That's savings for you as well. So those are two things I would start right away. Um, and what you'll see is it'll lead to great results. And then, of course, we can talk about, you know, if you want to start saving and investing, you should do those two things first before you even approach that subject. Definitely. So one of the issues we know that's um, impactful in the African-American community is living with debt and how to get out of debt. Um, I've read several reports and stories about how people, they start with a little bit of debt, but through garnishing of wages, through different aspects, it starts to erode their life. It becomes a cycle. What are cycles, what are ways to break that cycle of debt, and how can people look for assistance, or is it just paying your bills on time? What is the ways to break the cycle of debt? I would say a lot of times when we are in debt and we're overspending, it's we have an emotional connection to money. Uh, when we buy something, we don't feel good, so we want to go get a pick me up. Um, you know, sometimes we women call it retail therapy, and so it all is very emotional. And so we have to make sure that we're smarter about our money. And we are not living outside our means. And sometimes it takes that hard decision. We have to take a deep look inside self and say, what can we do to take a step back so that we can start saving and preparing for our future? Maybe we need to get a roommate. Maybe we need to not move out so soon. Um, so there's a lot of things that we can do. And obviously, if we're educated and we're continuing to move in that direction, uh, you definitely have an opportunity to, to, to demand more as a salary. So I also believe that's important, but we have to take the emotional piece out of spending and make sure we're, we're thinking about every dollar that goes out of our household. And Tiffany is absolutely correct. Um, you know, we buy a lot of things we don't need. Um, sell everything you don't, you know, sell everything you're not using. You know, recycle that stuff. Um, curb your emotions when you get ready to buy something. Do I really need that? You know, and just just um, making uh, financial decisions based on your uh, mental capacity and not your emotional capacity. You know, um, like you say that, like she said, downsizing if you have to. Uh, to to get ahead, don't let that the debt being in debt take over your life. Stop and figure out a way out. There is a way out. Um, I found in personal experience communicating with my creditors. People get in debt and they don't. They just let the bills come, and they don't. They never communicate. But when they're getting ready to do something, now they need to communicate. And that, like you mentioned, job um, wage garnishment. You never want it to get that far. 
That's why you need to communicate. On the opposite end of the spectrum, people who are ready to invest, who are ready to purchase homes, what are some of the things they need to know on that spe- um, spectrum? It seems as though there's a lot to know in terms of, like you mentioned, investment or even home ownership, whether it be the mortgages or how they can finance throughout the next 20 to 30 years of their life. It seems like these are a lot of big choices, big decisions, but not a lot of roadmaps that are easy to understand. I would say, you know, first, when you're getting ready to invest, you have to determine if you are a conservative, a moderate or more aggressive investor. So what is really your risk tolerance and figuring out what your time frame is? um, Those two are very important factors when you're deciding that you want to invest. Um, And then, of course, working with someone uh, who does have credentials, who is experienced with investments, and the two of you together decide what what direction that you're going to go in. So those two are very key, risk tolerance and time frame, and educating yourself on the market as well. And with uh, buying a home, um, you want to get a professional realtor. Uh, someone who really knows uh, the market um, and so and you have to know what home what type of home you want of course and what you want in it um, and that realtor is going to help you find it um, you want somebody who's going to be negotiating on your behalf um, but there's some key factors that you need to have done home inspection is very imperative because you don't want to buy a home that has uh, a faulty foundation, you know, bad stuff that you have to come up out of your extra money you have to come up with after you get it. A home warranty policy is very important. Um, in case you get a home and um, some, something major goes wrong, it's covered. Um, your insurance, of course, you're going to have to buy your you have to think about all these costs that, that you're going to incur. Uh, upkeep of your land and all that stuff. You have to put all of that into perspective of your bills. Um, but home inspection, you're going to have an appraisal. Uh, all this stuff is going to be cost. So you have to be prepared for that before you go to close and so. Well, in one area where your two worlds intersect is that of wills and also um, when people pass on and how the financials of home ownership works in that same stead. So how can people know what to do in terms of wills and also in terms of how assets are transferred when someone passes on to maintain family control? I would say you definitely want to make sure that you are working with an attorney who's very educated in that area. Um, I work with a lot of attorneys, and, and the key word now is just having a trust, making sure that you can pass your home um, through the next generation through a trust, um, making sure that your trust is funded, for example, with your life insurance. And basically, you can manage those things from the grave. You can spell everything out that you want to do with your assets uh, through a trust. And I think if, if, if you do own a home and you have assets, that's where an attorney comes into play, and they can help you with that. Yes, Tiffany is absolutely correct on that. Um, 
And when you purchase a home, that's something you're going to consider is that life insurance, you know, because if something happens to you, you don't want your spouse um, to worry about um, how the bills are going to be paid or how they're going to stay in that house. So it's very important that you have those things in place, trust, life insurance. Um, And then your home, you have to make sure it's insured as well. Um, Because if you have something that goes, that happens, uh, act of God, wind, whatever, you want that all covered. Uh, And and, um, it's best to choose when you're starting out to have that insurance and the taxes and the mortgage all in one payment. So you won't have to be worrying, oh, how am I going to pay my insurance now? If you get it all in one payment, um, then you know everything is taken care of. On the opposite side of that spectrum, too, of course, as we talked about the end of life, what about the beginning when it comes to children and setting up funds and efforts to prepare for their future, whether it be for college or anything like that. How can people know what to do with their children once they first want to start with their financial security? I think that you have to start with working with a financial uh, advisor, a financial professional. I find that a lot of people want to do the right things for their children but lack the discipline to do it if they're not working with an advisor. You have many options. You can have a brokerage account where you're simply doing investing. You can have a 529 savings account for your children. You can also have an UGMA or an UTMA, and each one of those has different tax ramifications. So it's important that you align yourself with an advisor and, again, outline what your goals are, and then, of course, attack them based on, you know, what you want to see long-term for your children. Definitely. And finally, wrapping this up, when we speak about taxes, I know this is around tax season and being financially literate about your taxes, there are many different services, whether it be TurboTax, we could do it by yourself, or going to a financial institution. How can people know what's the best choice for them? Because it seems like there's so many options and to get it wrong can lead to audits and everything else moving down the line. I would say you have to know yourself. Um, You know, obviously if you have a um, very simple tax return, I think that is something a lot of people can do on their own. But once you get into more complicated scenarios, um, if you are doing outside work, you have multiple streams of income, um, maybe you do need to see a tax professional. It just really depends on how comfortable you are. Um, I have a lot of people I know that use TurboTax, but I also have just as many people who use a professional. Thank you so much for your time, ladies. Do you have any final statements you'd like to give us? I would just say make sure that, you know, again, take the emotion out of, of spending, start saving, and have those important resources, an attorney, a financial um, advisor, a realtor, have a professional when you're making these money decisions because um, that's really the best way to go and that's how you protect yourself in the long run. And don't let debt consume you. There is a way out. All right. Thank you all so much for your time. Sherry, would you like to say anything to close? 
Uh, just thank you so much for, for sharing your knowledge. I think you gave us a lot of great tips, and I think that our listeners will appreciate just um, learning more about how they can plan for their future because just even when it comes to health care, just knowing that planning can make all the difference when you get to that retirement age. So thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And um, just in, in addition to that, um, I'm sure you're aware that um, the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago designates a specific week in April as Money Smart Week. It's usually the last week in April. So this year, it's April 22nd through the 29th. Um, in conjunction with that, Chicago Defender always puts out a Money Smart Week supplement, and it's published on the Wednesday that our paper comes out. It's a special pullout section within the regular paper. So we have some information that we'd like to share with you on that. We hope that maybe you have some contributions um, editorial-wise and maybe advertising-wise that um, you would like to include in our special Money Smart Week supplement. And thank you. You're thank welcome. You. Thank you. Thank you.